This is Raul Velasquez and Vivian Velasquez. Welcome to the God, Money, and Sex podcast. Welcome to the God, Money, and Sex podcast. My name is Raul Velasquez, and I'm here with my co-host Vivian Velasquez. So today we have a very exciting show for you. Today we're going to talk about right. God. We're going to talk about money. We're going to talk about sex. Yes. <laughs> No surprise. I mean, that's the podcast, right? The God, Money, and Sex podcast. Yes, but today we have a special surprise because we have a special guest, and she is far more than amazing for me. I've read so many of her books that has been so life-changing. It's just given me a whole different insight of what, like, how to understand you and how to understand men. And she's not only an author, she's a relationship expert that has been doing this study since 1991. She's the creator of the PAX program. She has so many books. I can't even like begin. Keys to the Kingdom, which was life-changing for us. Making Sense of Men, the amazing development of men, and so many more online courses that we've even been part of. A lot of this information is online. Um, and so, so before I introduce her, to, 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 I'm just to so let excited. the people know, so because you know, here's, here's one thing. There's very few people that I could attest to that changed the course of, of my life. Okay. There's you know a handful of people that I could attest to. And, and when I read the book, the keys to the kingdom that made all the sense to me at that moment of what I was going through, because, you know, if you guys have been following me for a while, you know, I have the, the program called the next level experience where we walk and, and help men go through what we call the tunnel, high level entrepreneurs that are going through what we call the tunnel in their lives. Yes. Most people call it the midlife crisis. We will call it like when, when men lose the, their purpose, but the reality is that they go into a tunnel. So when I, when I was going through my tunnel, when I was going through the things that I was going through in my mm -hmm. life, mm -hmm. very people could actually relate to what I was going through. So when I read this book, The Keys of the Kingdom, it put all the pieces yes. together to finally understand, okay, one, I'm not crazy. It was so perfect, yes. <laughs> I'm not crazy. Yes. Two, it's like, okay, there is, you know, this is, is normal to go through this because yeah. it's a process. It's kind of like a journey. Yeah. And three, there is a light at the end of the tunnel. Yes. So what the book did for me was actually help me understand what I was going through, but most important as a couple, as, as a married couple, for us to study it together yeah. so you could understand what I was going through yes. and I could understand what you're going through because when a man is going through the tunnel, it's not just him, it's his family, it's his business, it's his people around him because we bring everybody together. Like we bring everybody through with our tunnel. Yeah, but at the same time, when you were going through that and just going deeper into the conversation before we even start with Allison, it was it was such a life changing for me, from my perspective, because it gave me like an insight of like, I wanted to do something for you and there was nothing I could do. And when she said, like, you go through the tunnel by yourself, it was like, oh, my gosh, she gave me that permission to just breathe and just let you be. And then knowing that I'll be there for you, whether you come out or not, which I knew that you would, but I was going to be there for you. So one of the things that you have to understand if you're watching this or if you're hearing this podcast <laughs> is that we are no relationship experts by no means. We're no, not, we're you know, not. we haven't arrived by no means. But one of the things that we do are committed and dedicated to greatness. We're committed to constantly go to the next level. And that's one of the reasons that I asked when I met Allison, we went to her workshop a couple of months ago. And I, yeah. when I met her, I said, you know what, I need you to come to my my God Money on Sex podcast, I know you have a message and I want my community to learn more about you because I know that what you've done for us has been has been amazing. So I wanted her to introduce herself into our community and the people who follow us so you could at least see some of the tools that we have used in the past and you could use it to your advantage. So I want to introduce Allison. 
for us. When I when I when I give her the uh, the the drum rolls. I wish I had drum rolls. We have to do some sound systems in here. All right, drum rolls, uh, drum rolls, please. <laughs> <laughs> Allison, we are so excited to have you here today with us. So honored to have you on this call. So honored. Welcome, Allison. Welcome. Oh, it's a pleasure to be here. And who could resist God, money, and sex? <laughs> That's right. Who three. could resist that? Oh, my gosh. When I heard the title, I, I, I I want to be there. <laughs> I want to talk about that. Oh my gosh, where can we go? What can we do? And and thank you for the the props for Keys of the Kingdom. I uh, for people who don't know, uh, it's one of my two works of fiction, and it's a story. It's a story about a woman whose husband is is completely changed up on her, and he won't commit to anything anymore, <laughs> and she's scared and all her friends are getting divorces and she thinks it's going to fall apart and she doesn't understand how they got there because I mean these are two people have been together for more than 20 years and and it, it it was just a way to get to teach people about the stages of development which is one of the first things that I was able to articulate after I started studying men in 1991 and I love what you say about it Raul so many men have let me know that it let them know they weren't crazy. There's nothing wrong with them, right? And and I think that's one of the most important things, right? A midlife crisis, it's it's a sacred time. It's not a terrible time, and men get so made fun of for it, right? Because it's not understood. So thank you, and thank you for what you did with it, that you created a vehicle for other men going through the tunnel and and, and helping them to recenter is a word I would use, or to reconnect with who they really are and choose to honor who they really are, which I think is such a huge part of it. And so just thanks. I'm really glad to be here, and I love awesome. what you do. Awesome. And I did let my clients know because I, I tell my clients every single one of them needs to pick up the book uh, before they start coaching with me because it makes it easier for me to actually relate to them the message of going to the tunnel. So I, I, I believe that going to the tunnel, like you said, is a sacred uh, journey uh, and men have a tunnel women have a tunnel so could you give us a little bit of a of an insight uh, Allison before we get started like how did you get started like what did you like what made you get into the the subject of studying men because I think that that's uh, <laughs> something that I, I thought it were very easy to be honest with you I think that's an easy subject study men we have a couple of things in our mind <laughs> got money and sex <laughs> Yeah, I've I've literally had men tell me when I've told them I've studied men since 90, 1991, they've looked at me and said, are you slow? Because <laughs> we're simple. So <laughs> why would you do something for so long? And, um, and I never intended to do it for so long. I never actually committed to doing it for so long. Um, I started out of necessity and a kind of desperation and then ended up fascinated. And uh, it's been a joy for so many years. But um, my history of transformation goes back to very, very young. I did my first transformational program when I was 19 years old. And I was, um, let's see, February 1991. So I was 30 years old and I was in a program, a new program they were offering at Landmark Education, 
And one of my friends who was sitting next to me asked the trainer, why is it that men are great in the beginning? And after a few weeks or a few months, turned into, and she really did say this, sports watching, beer belching, pizza eating, couch slugs. Ouch. Ouch. (laughs) 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 Do you want to know that? Why are they so wonderful in the beginning? Right? And they listen to you talk about your family and your pets, and they take you to romantic places, and then they turn into. And the trainer, his name is Herb Tanzer, he he called her a frog farmer. And which, you know, what? A frog farmer? And he said, you know, some women turn frogs into princes. You, my dear, dear turn princes into frogs. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I, so, so we blame the woman. So we blame, so, so we blame the woman yeah. for our, our downfall. That's good. <laughs> <laughs> well, what was awesome about it was that even with a decade of transformation, and I didn't just participate, right? I, it was my life. And even with that, I had not escaped the cultural, and I don't just mean American, I, it's, it's pretty much first world, and it's even gotten into, the, into second world countries, but the first world view of men, hmm. that men are defective, that men are broken, that men misbehave, that men can't be trusted with anything precious or priceless. And um, this view, this view of that the world would be a better place if it was run by women. Mm. And yeah, and I was born in 1960. And so I grew up in this crazy transitional time where the message that I was left with was that every woman has to have a man, but she doesn't need him. Mm. (laughs) So you got to make sure you get one, but for God's sake, do not need one. Mm. You you have to be independent and self-sufficient and anything you can do, I can do better, right? All that, but you should not be without one. What's wrong with you that you're without one? So you have to capture one of these creatures. (laughs) Another way of saying it is find the best enemy you can. Right, but yeah. find the best man, en- enemy you can and marry him. And I didn't, I didn't realize that that was my reality. I didn't realize that that's what I was living out of. It, it was, it was, it was invisible. I was so normal. I was just a normal woman, and I treated men the way I saw every other woman treat men. Yeah. And I didn't realize until that comment of turning princes into frogs that I'd actually, I actually believed that men were con artists and that if I could provoke them enough and reveal the con before I got sucked in, before I fell in love with them, make sure that I, can I swear? Is it okay to swear? Yeah, 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 of course. Okay, good. Well, make sure that the asshole came out, right? Before I <laughs> yeah. fell in love with him <laughs> and yeah. maybe married him, um, that, 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 I, that I provoked him enough to see the real him. Mm. That's what I, that was my strategy. That was my approach to relationships. And, but I, di- I didn't know it. 
I didn't know it. I just kind of prided myself on being really effective and not getting sucked into the charm, right? Mm -hmm. And when Herb said that to my friend Lisa, all of a sudden it, it just dawned on me that, yeah, I'm a frog farmer. I'm a really effective frog farmer. I have this vision of rows and rows of frogs with human heads and all my ex-boyfriends. And and that what if instead of instead of what I what I was doing where I thought I was like revealing the con, what if what I was doing was the equivalent of kicking a dog hmm. and then being surprised when it bit me or when it ran away or when it bit me and ran away? Like like I didn't, it suddenly occurred to me, what if, what if men are on the defense and I'm on the attack hmm. and, and that's why I'm getting who I'm getting. Yeah. And that's a and, whole different yeah. perspective to see men in, from that side. Like, I think wow, we see, we see a lot of couples. Reacting. Yeah. We see a lot of couples right now, that's especially, you know, when we were uh, at the beginning of our, of our relationship, you know, it was always trying to be on the defensive side Yeah, uh, and, and looking at how much can we push the boundaries? And I'm trying to be a good boy, and you're trying to push me to see how, I mean, I think that's the feminine and the, and the masculine, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And the masculine, and I think that's what, I, what we see here in the culture is women are little by little demasculating men to the point that men are just getting tired and saying, okay, you know what, I'm gonna just be single. I'm gonna, you know, go date and, uh, and swipe right and swipe left is easier than stay in a committed relationship. Yes. And then also what I see with women, Allison, I don't know if, if you could agree to this, is like we are so into this um, community idea that we emasculate men so much that we don't even know what we're doing, how, you do you know, when we're doing yeah, it. We're just it doing it unconsciously. Yes. It's not something that we're even aware that we're doing it nowadays. It's just like it becomes a norm. And that hurts, you know, to just to think that, that we're doing that. So what are some of the signs? So much so than so much so the norm, and this might be a surprise to Raul, but you'll you'll see it, I'm sure, Vivian, that a woman who fails to put a man in his place is viewed as a slacker by other women. Mm. Like you let him get away with that stuff. Yeah. What? Like you're not doing your part. You're supposed to shut that stuff down yes because women, women love to be in control yeah well in and this idea that testosterone is is dangerous hmm. right and that testosterone is the source of of all ills and we got to make sure to just to just keep you <laughs> our culture really has this attitude right that that men should just be like given enough power to be handy hmm. just be handy <laughs> don't be don't be powerful. So I, right? I think it's, I think it's a kind you, of starvation. Do you, do you get a lot of uh, because you know we, we we're living around a culture that is a lot of uh, movements right now that empower women, and I'm all about empowering women. And like I have a little girl, uh, she's 11 years old. I want I want want her to be empowered. I don't want her to to make excuses about you know being a powerful woman. Like my wife, she's powerful. She she exudes that that certainty. But I'm also guessing, like, based on your work, do you get a lot of heat from women saying, like, what are you talking about, Allison? Like, you know, I want to be in control as a woman. I want to, like, it's not my problem. It's my man's problem. It's not, you know, I'm not demasculating my, my man. I'm just trying to be a powerful woman, a woman who's empowered. Do you get a lot of that, a lot of feedback from uh, women now thinking that that's weakness as opposed <laughs> to strength? Well, 
I don't because it's so clear what I stand for that someone like that's going to avoid me. Hmm. So I don't, they don't, they may say that about me, but they don't say that to my face. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm actually known for the empowerment of women. And because so much of what I teach is about how to get what you need mm-hmm. by working with how you are and how the opposite sex is work with the construct. Don't, don't complain about how they are and think that how a man is or how a woman is, is the reason you don't get what you need. What if it's not hmm. right? And you know, the analogy that I use is, is what if, what if a man's like a, like a Ferrari, right? Like well-designed, finely tuned, powerful, hot, sexy, amazing but it's got four flat tires and it's out of gas it's going to do nothing for you nothing it can't take you anywhere Hmm. and that's how we tend to relate to the empowerment of men we're going to not empower you (laughs) but you're still going to perform to look like a ferrari to feel like a ferrari but you won't let him ride like but you don't want us to fucking (laughs) run like a ferrari so what's the point of giving us all this empowerment (laughs) if we can't fucking take it from zero to 100 right yeah and then there's something else that you that you brought up that's that could help people a lot is when women talk about control you know i don't want to be out of control it goes to a conversation of partnership, which is what happens when we're in this response to needing to control everything. We, we have this compulsion, and it's instinctive, to control both the result, what the result is, and how the result is produced. And that's where we disempower men. We also disempower ourselves, by the way. Everything women do to men, they do to themselves and they do to other women. So the diminishing or the, we call it diminishing the ability to produce results. That's how we define emasculation. Women emasculate men, women, and themselves. Hmm. But what happens is, what if in partnership, the idea really, which is what you guys experience at the dancer partnership, is it the person who needs something is the person who it is defining the what that that what they're controlling is the outcome is the result because it's what they need but what there what there is to not control which is where empowerment shows up is that the person who's giving it to you they control the how so i i've asked women now for 20 some odd years is it enough to control the result? <laughs> if you're getting everything you need, is that enough control for you? Mm. <laughs> and can you let the person who's giving it to you give it to you in the way that works for them? Yeah. yeah. That empowers them, that plays to their strengths. We try to make plans for other people. It's one of the most disrespectful things you can ever do is tell someone else how to do something. Yeah. I and, think that's the, that's the miscommunication and, that, that I think that... Uh, at this level of the game, uh, as a married couple, we trust each other enough to just communicate what we want and let the other person deliver 
based on what we ask. But it wasn't always that way. It's like, I want, want this, but here's how I want you to do it. And if I don't do it in a right. certain way, then I'm disappointed. Then the, the, the pain comes. I'm very disappointed because I was not thinking you were going to do that. And that was one of the one of the biggest insights that we had, Allison, when we were at the event from the Dance of Partnership, the elements of partnership, which one of them was just, you know, accepting, not having like this huge expectations and having this clear communication of what I, I would like to receive from you. And not having like this expectation if if you didn't give it to me the way that I wanted it, then I would be like in this mad or disappointed scenario. <laughs> and and that was that's that really you, huge. That you're you're misbehaving on purpose. You intentionally withheld what I wanted, exactly what I wanted, just to drive me crazy. Yes. It would be cool if 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 women would tell us what they want and they would be happy with just getting what they want. But no, they like sometimes my experience has been that women don't even know what they want because once they receive what they want, they still not want it. It's like, oh, I changed my mind. It's, that's not what I wanted. <laughs> so that drives us men crazy because, like, shit, I'm giving you what you want, woman. Like, what else can I do? So let, let's kind of let's create a couple of questions for you because we have a couple of questions for for some some of the guys that I know. So I'm putting together my the first uh, leadership event is, is next week that I'm inviting the my clients' wives to come over. And I was ready for some of them to give us some heat saying, you know what, I'm not going to come because, you know, my wife doesn't want to be on board. But, you know, I'm pleasantly surprised to see that a lot of women are want to come on board and they want to know basically, basically because they're, they're curious. Mm-hmm. Like, what does Raul do to, to my man that he comes back like acting like a king? All of a sudden he cares more. All of a sudden he has more awareness. Like, how did you brainwash my man? So I'm, I'm pretty sure they're coming to see what kind of Kool-Aid I'm serving. <laughs> But also, <laughs> the, the fee that I'm getting is some of the women are very uh, resistant about like, okay, do I have to change? Like, okay, does this mean that now you, you, you want me to act a certain way? Because I think that, that uh, women are, like the reason that women want control is because they want to dictate how fast the growth is. So am I wrong by assuming that? Because I'm like, I, I coach men. I don't coach women. My wife is the one that, like is, is is giving me some insights on women but is it wrong to assume that women the reason that women are resisted to change is because they don't want to feel that they're being left behind hmm left behind is would be one way to put it um one of the things that we teach in our understanding women online course which I know you had to participate in to be in the dancer partnership is, is how useful it is to understand the core, it's beyond core, the, the primeval <laughs> uh, pursuit of the experience of being safe. And that one of the things that's least understood about human beings is that how we experience safety depends on what you could call our our operating state or our mental state if you want to and the difference between when we're in a hunting mode which means we're committed to a particular result or destination that when we're in hunting mode men or women the experience of safety comes from being productive that if you have been productive you're being productive you anticipate being productive there's this sense of 
there's a calmness, there's a confidence, there's a, even a kind of um, consciousness and awareness that that is the beginning of getting the best from it. the best version of anybody begins with the experience of safety. And in, in hunting mode, it comes from being productive for both men and women. And the access to being productive, how it occurs to a human being, the access to being productive is to be trusted and respected. Hmm. If like as a man, you're not trusted and respected, you don't ever get to go after the big game, right? You, you're, you're stuck with bunnies and baby deer. You don't get to go after the woolly mammoth because that only happens from a team and that only happens because you're trusted and respected. Hmm. So this is why, for the women who are listening, this is why a man will become what occurs as enraged. Like the reaction to us is so big and so terrifying and seems ridiculous when there's something that's going to cost him trust and respect. And it's, it's logical. It makes sense if you unwind it. Well, to your question, Raul, for, for someone in gathering mode, which is a completely different consciousness, it's instead of being committed, it's open. And even biologically, it allows for an experience of connectivity and connection to, to so many other things. Like we actually feel what other people are feeling when we're in that state. And for someone in a gathering mode, which is more natural for women than men, men tend to do it when you're at play, for a woman in a gathering mode, our safety seems like it depends on being connected. And to your question about are they afraid of being left behind, left behind would be a way of saying disconnected. Hmm. So when are they afraid of being disconnected from who their man is, what their man yeah. is up to, being valued by yeah. the man in their life? Yeah. It's terrifying. Yeah. And, I, I and think it's why, by the way, you started with the tunnel. When a man is going through the tunnel, he has to disconnect from everyone. It's part of the process. He doesn't do it on purpose. And that's why a, a man in a midlife crisis is terrifying to the mm. woman in his life. Yeah, because when they're in that tunnel, then we have no real connection with them. Right. Because at that moment, like you just want to be left alone because it's, it's not available. Yeah, they're <laughs> not available. want to be left alone. It's it's a greater sense of isolation than that. Oh, OK. Yeah. So, Does that answer yeah. your question, Raul? Yeah. I, I, you know, it makes it makes a lot of sense because, you know, once when uh, when I, I believe when a man is going through a tunnel, he's going through the rite of passage. Right. And the rite of passage is mm -hmm. a journey that he could only him. Uh, nobody else could help him. So I think that when women try to help their men and, and, and yeah. you know, have you, babe, or, or keep going is, is kind of more of like, leave me the fuck alone. I, like, I, like, I don't know what's wrong with me. I just need to figure this shit out. And uh, women take it personal and they feel like yeah. it's them, it's not their, their partner. Yeah. Um, so now that we are gathering all this information and I want to bring them together. So they, one, the intention is for the woman to understand that they're not, it's not them. Like when a man is going through the tunnel, he's gonna go through the tunnel regardless. That's that, that's the rite of passage. That's what he has to go through. As a man, that's that's the journey. That's the mm -hmm. journey to become what I call the king. From going from the warrior mentality to the king, and he has to go through that journey. Mm -hmm. And and now what I'm seeing and some of the feedback, well, I'll, I'll give you another question is, so what happens when a man goes through the tunnel and is actually seeing the light at the end of the tunnel? Now he's more available emotionally. 
now he's more open and aware of what he wants and he has higher standards because now he realizes the shit that he's gone through and now he appreciates not just you know the business aspect of what he's building but also appreciates his family more and his relationships so now one of the things that i've seen is that other guys who who have coached once we once we figured out that there is a light at the end of the tunnel their business starts to increase but now they want to have a different standard in their relationship and that's when the challenge comes in because the wife is looking at okay you know we've been fine all these years i mean that happened to us at the same time too like I wasn't, we weren't fine. We've been comfortable so, so many years. All of a sudden I come home and I'm like, okay, babe, we got to take change. our marriage to the next level. We got to, we got to, you know, do this, we got to do that. And, and that was the resistance. You were like, what the fuck? We're fine. We're actually doing better than most people. We're actually doing better than like most people that we know. Depending on who you compare yourself to. But my standard was <laughs> higher that moment than yeah. before. So talk to us a little bit, Allison, about how do you battle that gap between when a man goes to the tunnel and he finds that okay there's a higher purpose there's a higher meaning i want to uh take my relationship to the next level and it's not the the woman who's pushing because usually women are pushing for that uh, in this sense your men are pushing and for in this it. sense we have men that are saying you know what i want to have more meaningful connection with my relationship with with my wife and kids how do you push through without invading her growth without pushing or even influencing too much. Like, I guess, how do you influence her to come on board as opposed to push her on a cliff? Like I was trying to do with Vivian. Like, okay, babe, we got to jump. We got to jump. <laughs> and we got to, you know, I was kind of pushing her and that kind of set us back a couple of years as opposed to influencing her to follow my lead. Great question. Wow, you just asked a huge question. <laughs> Um, can I unpack it a, a bit? Sure. Okay, so what I've observed is that the way that we articulated in Keys of the Kingdom, right, that we call it being a prince when a, when a man is in that building, 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 building his kingdom mode. And then it looks like, you know, I'm almost done and he's feeling really cool and awesome and he can he can see it right i'm almost at the top of the mountain and then bam he gets hit with this set self-doubt that seems to have come out of nowhere all of a sudden he's questioning was this important did this matter do i really care about this and and he's questioning literally himself who he is which is why it's very difficult for him to commit because a man commits with who he is then, as you're talking about, as he comes out of the tunnel, what he's doing in the tunnel ultimately is, is answering the question, like, really, who am I? This is who I thought I was. This is who I, my parents wanted me to be. This is what my culture, my family, my workplace wants me to be. This is my wife, my family. They want me to be. Who do I say I am? It's, it's existential is, would be the accurate word. But what I've seen that happens, and it's part of this kind of scary thing for their mates that could be experienced like a push, and I'm telling on us again, and that is that kings are very clear about who they are, who they're not, what they are interested in providing, what they you cannot get them to provide no matter how much you try. They become 
in some ways fixed. And I don't mean fixed like never growing because I watch my husband grow like crazy, but there's this clarity about who you are and there's this new standard of of integrity, which the way that we say, we talk about men, men, it's from the inside out. So a man's definition of success is when his external world is an expression of his internal self. So when he sees who he is, really how he's defined himself manifested in his relationship, his family, his workplace, his community, that is congruency. That's fulfillment. Does that fit for you, Raul? Yep, absolutely. That's true. Absolutely so true. Yeah. Said, so, yeah. when, so when your values are now represented in the world, who you are on the inside is now existing on the outside. Now, one of the things that's really disruptive for women is that before that place where that becomes such a strong need for it to be that way, when men are princes, you're much more adaptable. There's so much more that you'll accommodate, you'll put up with, you'll deal with, you'll succumb to, you'll as we call in our partnership work, you'll collapse your space to it. There, you're so much more easy to manipulate. We can get you to do so many things when you're yes. not clear about who you are. Yes. Because your instincts to protect, your instincts to provide, your, in, your, your compulsion to make us happy, right? To preserve whatever it is that you're building, don't lose it at any cost. Like that is so strong. And it's part of what has men endure. Really, you could say disempowering or unacceptable conditions in their relationships, in their family, in their workplace, when they're a prince. And when, but when you come out a king, you just can't do it anymore. You can't betray yourself at that level of clarity mm. about who yourself is. You can't. You can't. It's not the cost is too high and too present and obvious. There's there's an unwillingness. And it's it's an awesome thing, but it's terrifying if you're a woman who's used to getting your way with your husband. Mm. That, that is exactly right. That's exactly right, Allison, because like that's how it was for me and Raul. Like it was so easy for me to manipulate what I wanted to happen, um, whether it was good or bad. It, I was able to change it. And then when he was firm and certain about his decisions, when he came out and he was in that transition of being the king and it was like there was no turning back on that decision. Do you I mean, we found and we found it, you know, yeah. we found it that that was when we started like even having more challenges because yeah. like, okay, that's not I don't I don't want to do that. That's yeah. That's not me. That's, you know, relationships, yeah. you know, situations. You were very clear what you wanted like, to do. I'm like, here's what I want. And yes. then like, well, we've done this before. And you said this before. It's like, yeah, but. It was so hard for me to understand. Like, how can you not? Why not? Why not now? Yeah, then, not. It can't. They can't yeah. anymore. Yeah. And and this is this is why. I mean, it's one of the reasons I work is the kingdom, right? So Karen's husband is going through the tunnel. She's terrified it's going to fall apart. And Claudia is teaching her what's happening to him and how does she prepare for that guy? Mm -hmm. How does she prepare 
to be with him. Right. And I would recommend, Raul, if you're talking about the women coming next week, have them read Keys of the Kingdom because it was written for them. Yeah. How yeah. do you be the queen to the king? How do you adjust? How do you get clear about who you are to be a match for who he is? How do you interact from a completely different place of respect and admiration? Mm-hmm. It's 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 hard for us because, and Vivian, you know this from being in our courses, we don't realize how much we judge men according to what a perfect woman would have done. And if you don't do what the perfect woman would have done, then you're broken, then you're defective, then you're misbehaving. And because we see men that way, we find it nearly impossible to admire men. The men that we admire are the best women we know. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and and it's because our standards are whacked. We don't know what a man is supposed to be in order to recognize greatness man style. Mm-hmm. And so much of what I've been teaching since 1991 is to be able to see, to appreciate, to understand the greatness of a man. What is what does he really have to contribute to you? It's not trying to be your best girlfriend. Yeah. And and that's part of what's tricky, Raul, and what you're doing because you're supporting men and making that transition to take such a, an important stand for themselves and who they are. I think this is the God part of God, money, and sex, and the gift that they are to the world. Really, like, what did you what did you incarnate for? What are you here contributing to life itself? And when they get that and choose to honor that, it it, it requires a woman literally seeing who a man is differently than than we've all been taught our entire lives. And I, and I tell I mean, you right the now, the moment, that, it, the moment that a man, what? the moment that a man could actually see that the, his woman is seeing him as who he has become, like that, that's mm-hmm. that's when they become unstoppable, and that's when they become like a, a power couple because they're not trying to change each other or trying to position with each other or manipulate each other. That's the moment, and that's what juices me up when the, the work that I do with the guys, because I know that the first step is for them to go through the tunnel. Like the second step is the wives eventually will come on board as long as they see the consistency, as as long as, as, long as they see the roots, the, the results, and the work. And uh, it's not gonna be easy. I mean, it's, it's, ne- it's never easy. Nothing that's worthwhile is is ever easy. But a, a lot of men, what I think we feel is like, if my woman will change, then I could change. And not just men overall. I think in couples and, and overall is as long as my partner changes. If my partner is a certain way, then I could be that certain way. Mm-hmm. What I teach is, no, you do you that first. first. You go through that tunnel first. And then once you go through the tunnel, then you have to deal with a lot more shit that comes on board. But you're going to have <laughs> a, a better chance on influencing her to come on board. But you're not waiting for her to change. And maybe not even influencing, but continue to do what it is that makes you happy. And I think like, you know, that's how it was for us. I just I had to honor your transition. I had to honor the person that you had become in that transition and still appreciate who you were 
the journey yeah the just journey. you know just appreciate the fact that that's you and then not wanting to change you back to the old you so let's so the question that i have one of the, one of the uh, questions that i that i wrote down is what if the woman refuses to appreciate show? that Well, you just show me right now that appreciate the journey or show, the appreciation. or show the appreciation. Maybe yeah. she appreciates the journey, but she doesn't show the appreciation. And the and the man has is going through the tunnel, and he already has seen that at the end of the tunnel. How like what is a a tool or something that you could give the listeners to if their woman is really still stuck in that princess mode and not seeing him, and for not who seeing he is? him for for the king, and, and and still sees him as as a little boy, or still sees him as as the frog, maybe or the <laughs> prince. What are some of the things that he could do? Or does he just stand his ground until she shifts? Or does she just says, you know what, I'm not this this fight is not worth fighting? Like what what do you recommend for a guy that, you know, has been doing the work? Well, I have to say a couple of things and I and I'm gonna turn this a little bit on you, Raul. <laughs> but it ultimately will have your your guys be more effective. The the first thing I wanna say is that while princes are much more adaptable, malleable, and manipulatable, that's also terrifying for women. Because if I can manipulate you, that means you're not actually strong enough to protect me. Yeah. So from, from so I think that's so, where. Okay, so let me stop you right there. So the women want to manipulate the guy, and they want to get their way. By subconsciously, they are afraid that because I'm getting my way and I'm manipulating you to get my way, when I'm gonna also provide for me? afraid because it was so easy for me to manipulate you. Who else can manipulate you? And therefore, you cannot protect me because you're weak in this moment. You know, it, it doesn't even need to involve another. It doesn't need to even involve another. Let me put it another. You're, you're with me until that part. If I can manipulate you, other people can manipulate you. It really comes down to, as a woman, when I am being the worst version of myself, mm. I know I'm full of shit. I know I'm not being my best self. I know that, in fact, in this moment, I am my worst enemy. It is the worst version of myself that I most need you to protect me from. Vivian hmm. is shaking her head That's right so now. Vivian is shaking her head. Because, <laughs> like, women know when they're full of shit, just yeah. like men know when we're full of shit. I yeah. Mean, yeah. We, yeah, we, we do. We know when we're just, like, running the business. And part of it like wants to get our way and part of it does it but there's this fundamental dissatisfaction because it's really scary that we got our way when we were not being the best for both of us when we weren't being on the same team that we got our way and so the the good news is that with the men doing their work and holding their ground it's highly disruptive but it's also Ultimately, it has a woman feel safer. Yeah. It shows your strength, and it makes her want to do yeah. And that's it the really does. And that's a polarity. It is and a that's, turn that's a polarity. On. A man standing up to you. A man saying, "No, we're not going to do that." So what? sexy. So sexy. 
It's so sexy. Yes. It's so sexy. And, and so, I think I, I, want, I want to put, make that point right there because there are a lot of women out there <laughs> that don't that they think <laughs> that they want to control their men. And there's a lot of men out there that are telling me, Raul, like, I don't want to stand up because it's too fucking hard. I'd rather just go work. to the office and I'd rather just make more money uh -huh. because that's, our, that's an outlet. You know, we can't stand mm -hmm. up for ourselves at home. Said fuck you. I don't. I just go and I make some more money. I could control yeah. the business. Yeah. But every man. Yeah, I'm that's gonna. Out I'm there, gonna do what I can win at. Yeah. I'll tell every man right there. If you could stand up to your woman and stand your ground and control your space and hold the space for her, that would turn her on. It would create the polarity create that the you polarity. need. Yes. Even if she's not mm -hmm. getting her way, even at that moment she could be pissed. Even at that moment she fucking hates you. Mm -hmm. In her mind, she's saying, you know what? I trust this motherfucker because he could hold his ground. I trust you and I want you. I yeah. trust you. I want and you. I and I want you. And it's not in, it's not in her mind. <laughs> it's in her body. It's in her mind. It's in her soul. <laughs> in her mind. That's such a... Now, okay. But having said that, now I got to tell you this other part, okay? Because it, it is actually the path to what you're asking for for the men. And that is... That there's this way that you, our human minds work, where when something happens, right? Somebody does something or says something or doesn't do something or doesn't say something, but you didn't say I love you, right? That is filtered through what that would mean if I'd done that or someone like me had done that. What does it mean that you didn't say I love you? What does it mean that you were late for our anniversary? What does it mean that you forgot my birthday? What does it mean that you're unwilling to help with fill in the blank? Right? So it's filtered through what does that mean? And, and then it has two paths. It, it either hurts somebody's feelings. This is what happens to women the most. A man would say he's crushed. Or it in just inflames them that it's just they're disrespected they're dishonored they're betrayed right and that injury that actually causes an injury to a person's spirit and the, that and then that flows into a conclusion so as human beings we we are compelled to conclude so what does this mean And we're compelled to conclude because all of our strategies are based on our conclusions. We can't just live in, hmm, I wonder. No, you can't strategize until you nail down the premises of your strategy. So deciding, I can't trust men. My husband's an asshole. I am smarter than he is. I've got to do everything myself. I'm not good enough. He'll never love me. Whatever that conclusion is, that conclusion actually makes us feel safer. Even when it's a terrible conclusion, because now we can strategize. Mm. But what happens is there's this wound. There's this terrible wound. The brain is now filtering for all the evidence for the conclusion, which often exacerbates the wound. And I'm telling you this, Ro, because you asked, how can a man get, her, get the appreciation he needs? How can he be seen, be admired, be appreciated? Honestly, she needs healing. She needs healing because of all those years, everything he's ever done and not done was interpreted through, this is another thing that means he doesn't love me. He doesn't care about me. He doesn't respect me. Because when men don't act like women, that's what we conclude. 
Mm-hmm. He, he's either broken, <laughs> right? He's either, there's something wrong with him or there's something wrong with me. Yeah. And there's something wrong with me that has him not feel about me. You can't underestimate this. As a woman, we think if you felt the right way, you'd act the right way. If you loved me enough, you would do the right thing. If you respected me enough, you would do the right thing. You would care. If you cared about me enough, you would do the right thing. And the right thing is what I would have done. And so the hurt, the hurt is it's, Oh my gosh, it's huge. Mm. And it's one of the biggest things that we have to do in our curriculum is to keep illuminating. He didn't do it for the reasons he thought. So the hurt that you felt and the conclusion that you made about yourself, it's all false. Mm. And I'm so sorry. And so letting those wounds be healed and disappear and disappear and disappear until a woman can actually see a man do something for the real reasons that he's doing it. Have, have you seen the movie, The Book Club? No. No, we haven't. Okay, so this is a little tiny spoiler. So there's this one couple, and what he does on a special occasion hurts her. It just, it's devastating to her. It's devastating her. Like it means he doesn't. He doesn't want to hear her. He doesn't want to know her. He doesn't want to include her. How could he give her this gift? She's devastated by it. Later on in the movie, he. It happens so fast. I like wanted the whole thing to stop and everybody to pay attention. Towards the end of the movie, he says why he did it, and why he gave her what he gave her was the opposite. Hmm. It was the opposite of what she thought. He was honoring her while wanting to be near her. Right? Like, God forbid, I'm the kind of man who wants to fall asleep next to his wife. Right? Like, you just, like, I mean, it's so precious. And that's, that's what I've been doing since 1991. As soon as I started learning why men really do what they do, I've been trying to teach women. It's not what you think. This is all a misunderstanding. So, all the hits to our self-esteem, they're unfounded. All the pain that we've been in, it, it wasn't real. It, wasn't, it was a misunderstanding. But, but that's what your guys are dealing with, is the history of hurt feelings that the women have, that until they're healed, until they're acknowledged, they can't appreciate and admire them. They can't because that's an expression of their hearts and their hearts have been badly bruised. So, so let me translate that to men's language, okay? So all the guys who listen to this podcast uh-huh. right now and, and you just heard uh, from Allison, we have a lot of fucking work. <laughs> it's a lot <laughs> of fucking work. And a lot of the shit that's going on in the woman's uh, mind is a lot of the... Uh, thoughts of why we do this. I think I think women give men way too much cr- credit for the bad intentions and very little credit yes. for the good intentions. Mm-hmm. And you automatically assuming that we are intentionally trying to hurt you. So for all the men out there that are struggling yeah. with relationships, I feel you, man. I feel you. I think that that is, that is the biggest uh, challenge that we have in life. Business is very easy. Like when I talk to my guys and, and, and we could kind of, 
kind of create the mastermind for business, that's a no brainer. Mm-hmm. That we could we could talk about yeah. it all night long. When it comes to relationship, that's the hard that's the hard push. That's what drains sometimes our energy because we really don't have all the tools. We really don't don't know everything. But what I'm hearing right now and the gift that you've given us, Allison, is realizing that it's a journey. It's a journey and 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 it's healing is is holding the space, yeah. is standing up, is communicating, and that is what men need to stand for are you willing to fight for your women just as you're willing to fight for your business but if you're not willing to fight for your business then most likely you're not willing to fight for your women and that's the reason that you will eventually manipulate it by both the marketplace and by your women and women if you want a man that really wants to fight for you just Give him the benefit of the doubt <laughs> that he's not. Allow him just to be him. And I think, you know what, Allison, it's it's so beautiful how you put it. Like There's so much healing that needs to happen inside of us. There's so much love that needs self-care that needs to happen in order for us to be able to see men for who they truly are. And I love something that Allison says, too, is like, you got to get curious about the other person you know, see them for who they truly are. And and that's really what I do with you all the time. I'm like, I'm curious, who are you today? Who can I love today? Who is this person that I'm going to love? Who is this person that's in front of me that I get to love? And it doesn't start just with you. It starts with me. Well, I think it start, we all are mirrors. We're all reflecting on each other. Like we're growing. We're constantly, yeah. constantly looking for growth. We're constantly looking to go to the next level. I think that's an... an and this is a conversation, Alison, that we could have for hours. Yes. So I want to respect your time. I also want to <laughs> let my listeners know that we will have a second interview with Allison soon, just in case. But there's a couple of things that we point out. Vivian, you want to, want to go through some of the points that we talked about today? So that way they'll have a little review. Well, I just want to let um, all our okay. listeners know that all this information that Allison has, like she has so much information a lot of the courses that are available online now, which yeah, is beautiful. amazing. You don't have to even go to a seminar. Yes, you, can you don't just have to go anywhere. Go to, go to the website and download the courses. Understandingmen.com. A lot of the information is found there. There's so many courses, so much information. I mean, this conversation could go on for hours, like Raul said, but it's just been such a pleasure just listening to you, Allison. Like, I could just sit here and listen the whole time. It's just so insightful and so so beautiful to know to get into like this different awareness of how we can love how can we communicate to each other beautiful beautiful allison is there anything else that you want to uh, give the listeners some last words of insights and and contribution well since most of you this is mostly men right yeah your gang um well a bit of hope. I would I would offer a bit of hope. Um, our course, Understanding Women, actually demystifies in some ways. Why do women do what they do when they do it? And how can you tell when she's in hunting mode? And how can you tell when she's in gathering mode? And how do you heal her when literally save her from the what she's experienced from the way her own mind works? And and save yourself, too, from the rage monster. And it doesn't have to be hard. Once you can get past that it's not entirely logical, because as you've seen, Raul, you know, men trying to use the, the swords of truth and logic in battling a raging woman just has him burnt to a crisp. Um, but there's things that there are things that work better. And, um, and there's just a lot of hope to be had. And one of the things that I've seen over and over again is 
how much it means to us that the other wants to understand. Hmm. So men are so moved by women wanting to understand them, and women are equally moved by and affected by that a man would want to understand her. And so if you're having trouble bridging the growth that you're that you're pursuing with with her and how she's relating to it and staying connected to her, reaching out to understand what it's like to be her can be enormously effective. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. I think that's the first step of solving a problem is acknowledging that there is a problem to be solved. And I think that as men, we're problem solvers. So give us a problem Don't and we will it. try to fix it. But women have something that you can fix. We're finding out now, and we've known all along that you guys are not here to be fixed. You're here to be loved and appreciated and worshipped like the goddesses that you guys are. And that, man, is how you get laid every day. <laughs> and that was a sex part. That was a tip right there for the sex part. Just throw that in there. Besides set a boundary and turn her on. Works every time. Um, that's awesome. Thank you, Allison. Well, I appreciate you, you being here. It's great to be I appreciate with you, you all. I look forward us. to our next time. And if yes. you're watching this, just follow us on Facebook, follow us on Instagram, follow us in, in YouTube, follow us anywhere except for our bedroom. That's where we keep it private. Thank you for being with us. Next. Ah! <laughs> Learn it, live, live it, experience it. it. Love, Love life. life.